Welcome to a new episode of In Check with Fintech. In this week's episode, we will be talking to Benjamin Esser, who is co-CEO at Contis and former CEO and founder of Urbanara, a leading DTC brand in the home and living space. Besides that, he worked in executive positions at Fanatics, MyFab, CVA and Bain & Company. At Contis, Benjamin works closely with founder and co-CEO Christopher Plantiner and is responsible for strategy, marketing, finance and business development. We will discuss the tax tech market in Germany, how Contis fits into that, and what more is there to come when the German tax market is eight times bigger than the banking market for SMEs. For listeners who don't know Contis, would you mind giving us a bit of an introduction of what you guys do? Contis, we're, we're the financial app for freelancers that basically deals with anything, banking, bookkeeping, and taxes, all in one place, integrated, so freelancers can focus on what they really like to do, um, their freelance job. And we do this um, mainly, or actually at this point, solely in Germany. Makes sense. All right. Okay. So very straightforward, financial services for freelancing world in Germany. Exactly. How did that come about? What's what's kind of the founding story? The founding story goes back about four or five years. So I'm not the founder. I joined Contest um, the beginning of the year as co-CEO. The founder is Christopher Plantner. Christopher Plantner has had a long history of founding businesses A and B being a freelancer himself. So firsthand, he's basically experienced all the pains that you go through, particularly in Germany, dealing with finances when you're a freelancer. And at some point, he decided, look, I need to change something about this. And uh, there you go. Um, he founded Contest uh, back in 2017. Um, as a neobank. So Contest started out as a, um, as a neobank um, um, directed or, you know, addressing freelancers um, uh, with, um, with a bank account and certain features, I would call them features, that would make a freelancer's life easier um, in terms of, you know, illustrating and showing how much VAT do you have to deduct, what's of the income that you make, what's really yours, et cetera, et cetera. And over the years, um, this has moved... Um, um, way along, away from just being a bank account to offering bookkeeping. And these days we're heavily focused um, um, on taxes. But bookkeeping and the new bank itself are also still very much available, right? They're very much available and it really is one product. So you can't uh, become a contest and tax customer, let's call them tax customers for the, you know, to keep it simple without being a banking customer. So one comes with the other and that is also very much at the core of our value proposition. Uh, We wanna have this as an integrated product. We wanna have access and full transparency of the underlying transactions that our customers have. They have a contest credit card. They'll use our credit card for all of their transactions. So we have full visibility and transparency and we can automate the bookkeeping. And to some extent, the tax advisory, we'll talk about that a bit later, I'm sure, um, um, within the app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we'll definitely talk a bit more about tax tech, uh, as it's called. Um, But maybe first, a bit about you, because I mean, you don't necessarily have a background within a financial services space, right? How did you become the CEO of Contest? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I don't, sometimes I don't know how I did. So I come, I, I, I really come from e-com. Well, actually quite boring. I started out in strategy consulting, um, you know, spent a few years at Bain and CVA before I I was kind of recruited into, into the e-com space. So I did... 12 years, 13 years, I think, altogether, um, I um, was involved with direct-to-consumer e-com brands um, running big um, furniture companies outside, out of China, founding my own company, Urbanara, which I ran for seven, eight years out of Berlin and 
and Shanghai, also direct to consumer um, 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 home furnishing space. And um, my last station was as managing director of um, Fanatics International, which is a the leading global, um, you know, fan sports retailer um, based uh, based in the U.S. So lots of experience in e-com. Um, but at some point I thought, you know, kind of feels like the last 15, 20 years were about e-com. It kind of feels like the next 15, 20 years are not going to be about e-com. So you needed to look at something else and was really the question, what is? And I've been following FinTech for quite a while. I'm personally interested in finance. I do invest a lot myself. Um, and um, I very much liked, um, I liked the freelance space and I liked the value proposition of, of contest. Plus me and Chris, the founder, go back a few years. We won't study together. Um, so we've known each other for a while. Uh, we always kind of kept in touch um, and knew what we were both up to. And I also were pretty close to his investors or to our, now our investors. And um, they, um, they asked me to join. In fact, they already asked me two years ago to join when we weren't doing the tax thing yet. And back at the time, I was really, um, you know, I liked the idea of a neobank. The unit economics never really convinced me. And still today, I think running just a bank, a retail bank, you know, you need to scale the hell out of things in order to get somewhere if you look at the ARPUs and stuff. So I wasn't really convinced. But now, you know, with taxes, I'm pretty happy. That said, I never dreamt about, you know, becoming a tax advisor of any sort. Don't get me wrong. No, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's double click on that a bit more. So why do you say tax has uh, or will help in order to make a company such as Crop uh, Contest successful rather than indeed just being a neobank, which needs a lot of scaling? I guess at the end of the day, it's always the same, right? Either you have a lot of customers and you can afford to have lower ARPUs of revenue per users, or you do it the other way around, you don't scale quite as much, or you have high value customers and you can generate high ARPUs for. And particularly if you look at the freelance space, there is a lot of need for financial services. There is also certain segments that are willing to pay quite a lot. So you can monetize freelancers really quite well. And that sounds so bad in terms of we take money, but you know, in our case, we actually, you know, we're cheaper than basically all other tax advisors and still make an ARPU that is just, you know, we're talking. 20 times as high as what we were doing wow. in banking. So this is kind of the scale we're talking about. We're talking really, you know, 100 euros, 100 euros per month rather than, you know, five to 10, which is already not bad in banking, by the way. You know, if you look at some, they do one to two euros or two to three euros. So it's an entirely different game. Um, and therefore it's interesting. But not only for that reason, it's also interesting because you really help the customer. So it's not only interesting from a business model perspective. I was going to say, you can probably create more value by offering kind of tech services than just offering only banking. 100%. And there is, yeah. you know, it's not easy. So tax services, anyway, we're going to talk about a bit more, like how far do you go down offering tax services? You can say, some say, you know, if you offer bookkeeping and automated bookkeeping, auto categorization of transactions, that's already kind of a tax service, but it, it really isn't. And there's a lot of players doing bookkeeping um, also has standalone solutions, you know, um, you know, in, in an open banking context, we go all the way. So we not only do really, you know, bookkeeping, which we also do, we really do the tax advisory part because we do believe and we see that even the tax advisory part, the value add, the high value add part can be automated to quite a high degree um, if you, you know, if you, if you understand how to go about it. Yeah. Before we get there, do you see much, and what are the differences and similarities you see between running a business 
within the e-commerce space and running a business within the financial services space? To be honest, marketing, also if you start, you know, I, first of all, marketing works quite similar because we are operating in, you know, what's officially considered to be B2B space. So, you know, freelancers are businesses. At the end of the day, they're all solo entrepreneurs. We kind of market to them as if you were selling. I mean, I used to sell Manchester United jerseys um, and now I'm selling a tax account. It kind of works from a, it's not the same thing. Um, it's clearly not as emotional, even though one might be less sort of negatively emotional based. The other one is highly positively emotionally uh, front loaded, but the targeting isn't is actually quite similar, to be honest. So from that perspective, you do. And plus, you know, I've been running a lot of vertically integrated e-commerce businesses. And in some way, I like to think about Contest as a vertically integrated tax advisor. Hey, you. Are you ready to grow your career? Are you an ambitious fintech professional ready to be part of one of the fastest growing fintech startups in the UK? Then look no further. Our client is looking for a product manager to oversee open banking products and join their Amsterdam office. If that sounds like you, get in touch with PCN's recruitment consultant, Emo Norman. Email in the description. Interesting. I love how you make the um, anomaly with Manchester United jersey versus the tax services. That's <laughs> one we're definitely going to refer back to later. Um, so what made Contest then so unique? It sounds like you guys, indeed, you offer the tax advice and not just bookkeeping. Um, it's one product. Um, what else yeah. is there that makes you guys so unique? Because I think that there's more and more companies now coming into the tax tech market, right? Yeah, so tax tech, I think, is big. And why is it big? Because it's, A, it's huge, right? It's, 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 it's a market, you know, it's very hard to get concrete figures on it, but we believe the tax market in Germany, the tax advisory market in Germany in the freelance space is bigger than the entire SME banking market in all of Europe. So this is what we're talking about. People don't like to touch it. People are scared, right? So when you talk about, when you touch taxes, you indirectly deal with, you know, the state, with, the, you know, financial authorities. This is kind of a very protected space that, you know, I'd argue some people also don't like you to go into. Um, there are people in Germany that, that don't like what we do. You know, there is a lot of rules and regulations around what you're allowed to do, around what you're allowed to call yourself and et cetera. And everything we do is 100% legal um, and um, the legislation is changing, but it's been a space or it has been a space or it's a space that hasn't been touched much so far. So now people start to realize, Jesus, there is this massive, you know, we've gone into banking and insurance and lending and credit and trading, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there is this big B that's taxes that is actually really kind of untouched. Um, so, but to get back to your question, so it is one, we revolutionized that tax industry because we believe that, um, you know, if, if, if you look at the value chain of a tax advisor, I think you can probably safely say 60 or 70% of the activities in that value chain are highly automatable and they're going to go away over time, right? I mean, there's no need for someone, a human person to do that when it comes to bookkeeping and categorization of transactions. There's no need for a human being to do that. But I also believe that, you know, as I said earlier, the tax advisory part of it is also automatable to some degree because people tend to have the same questions. If you want to tax deduct your Tesla car, lots of IT folks these days want to buy a Tesla and they're interested in how can I deduct that from taxes? So these kind of questions, you know, come back um, um, over and over again. So you can sort of automate there with AI and, you know, machine learning to a certain degree as well. A, and the second point is uh, what makes us unique is I'm not sure unique, it's just what we offer. We like the idea of giving, you know, freelancers sometimes time back, time that they can spend on stuff that they do. And we truly believe that freelancing 
is going to be a much, much bigger part of the labor market of the future, right? Today, I think in Germany, we have about two and a half million freelancers, heavily growing. In the US, I think we're 38 million. It's ridiculous. Some people say 30, 40% of the entire workforce in the US in 10 years is going to be freelancing. Someone needs to take care of them. And this is actually, if you, you know, also, sorry, get back to the you know, question earlier in terms of the ethos of the company. You know, when I look at contests, it's a, often a lot more about the ideology behind freelancing rather than, you know, we're here to, you know, crack the tax case and change that. So this is really where the founder also came from. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's, by automating, you basically offer a time efficiency gain for freelancers. Correct. So they can focus exactly. on what they're good at. Yeah. So normally we hear, you know, it's hard to tell, but we we believe freelancers spend on average one to one and a half days per month just on, you know, on their, on their finances. And that's mainly taxes and bookkeeping because they have to file the VAT return and they have to collect receipts and do their, you know, all the stuff they need to do. And let's be fair for most people. It's pretty boring, right? It's not like watching a Manchester United game. Oh, I can tell you clearly not. If you're a Manchester United fan, clearly not. I'm not a Man U fan. I'm, I'm, I'm rather the other Reds sort of uh, 60 miles Northeast of them. But um, yeah, anyway, you're right. Fair enough. Hey, you said that what you guys do, people don't like, right? Why is that? Can you talk a bit more about that? I look, I mean, you know, I don't know um, how it is in Holland, but, you know, it's a very fragmented space. Like, you know, a tax, I think there are about 90,000 tax advisors in Germany. You have about 10,000 tax advisor companies. And they all operate in their kind of space. They have 100 to 150 customers. They do, it's a very local business, you know. They don't market like they don't, you know, a tax advisor has 100% referral business. You don't go out and do online marketing in that kind of space. Like they're just not used to someone going out there and saying, hey, look, we're going to think this entire thing in a new way. We're going to take fear away from this. We're going to take anxiety away with. In a way, tax advisory is based on a lot of fear. Like people just freak out. Like no one likes taxes. Like no one really. People are just scared the shit out of it because, you know, you can only do things wrong. You can very rarely do it. Some geeks out there, you know, they find loopholes and they optimize, but it's a very small fraction. So if you go and, you know, tackle such an industry, you're automatically not necessarily only making friends. And on top of that, it's highly regulated in terms of how much money you can, you know, have to charge. There is a minimum price per month that we have to charge, by the way. You know, this is how regulated it is. So even if our internal operations, our efficiencies were so high that we're able to offer a tax product for 25 euros a month, we wouldn't be allowed to do that. Insane. It's very old school, basically, as well. Yeah, totally old school. And, you know, there's EU regulations, there's domestic regulations, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff and there's a lot of stuff changing. And, you know, we're in Germany are still quite far behind. If you look at electronic invoicing and all that, particularly the Nordics, I think in the Netherlands as well, a lot further advanced than we are. So there is a lot that's going to be automated going future, um, going forward anyway. Do you guys involve yourself in that kind of regulation or changing that, like those minimum fees, for example, or is that something you don't want to focus on because you feel that you can add a lot more value to indeed what you do right now. So so personally, I don't. Um, We have a foundation, the Contest Foundation, which is a, you know, a nonprofit foundation that's been there, by the way, ever since day one, quite impressive. So it's not some sort of marketing gig, you know, look, we're out here to do something good. We actually have, they've been there from very day one. And that's kind of a voice for freelancers and for the rights of freelancers and to lobby for, you know, that segment. 
Um, but that's more on the freelance side, less on sort of the tech side. So we don't lobby on the tech side. Maybe we should do more, um, but you know, we've got plenty to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot to change. It's a huge market with lots of potential, uh, specifically in Germany. Uh, I think uh, I heard Christopher talk about that. It's eight times bigger than the banking market for SMEs. And you just mentioned something similar as well. So yeah. tech tech is huge. Um, yeah. Why is that? Why is it so big? Is it because it's indeed so 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 old school uh, and there's such a big opportunity? Is something you can really change? Is it because so many people deal with it? Is it all of the above or is there something I'm not seeing? I think it's all of the above. I think it hasn't been tackled. I think people realize there's tons of angles. There's 41 million people in Germany that have to file a tax declaration every year. So obviously there's a huge market for, you know, the B2C guys like tax fix, uh, et cetera, et cetera, raising huge amounts because it's just a huge business. Um, and then you have the entire B2B side, um, um, both freelancers, the stuff that we're focused on or someone like Accountable, they're also doing the same stuff. And then there's the SME space where you have guys like Penta, banking and a bit of accounting. And so tax do doing an interesting thing here because they look at, you know, international VATs, um, mainly for online retailers. So there's a lot of interesting angles within tax and that thing overall is just massively huge. So people are attracted by huge markets that are just not that a are not covered yet b have a very high potential of automation and digitalization um, um, and c you can directly market to consumers basically or to or to uh, uh, businesses here at pcn we understand how hard it is for recent grads to get entry level position and that is why we are committed to doing better we've developed a unique graduate sales program open to recent grads and those looking for a career change People oriented, a natural empath, ready to learn? Check, check, check. And you're the perfect fit for the, our graduate sales program. Email careers at teampcn.com or reach out through our social platforms. We're ready to welcome you to our team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's the future outlook? Where do you see it going? Um, I mean, there is, to be honest, there's a lot of things. So we, you know, as I said earlier, right now we are still operating within a closed within a closed contest ecosystem so if you want to use a tax product and our accounting product you need to have a contest bank account and we're happy with that right now because in spite of psd2 and open banking you know the quality of data um, there's a lot of api fixing that needs to be done all the time and you know you can't really rely on on data to do real-time stuff and we very much believe in real-time taxes and tax advisory so right now we're happy with operating within our own ecosystem, but we're thinking of opening that up at some point. So that means we're opening up our tax advisory service and accounting services to banks, to um, sort of customers with other, that hold accounts with other banks. Um, something else that is very interesting that we look at, um, you see a couple of interesting players in the US doing that already, is like real-time tax advisory. So, you know, not waiting until the end of the year to say, hey, look, you could deduct this and this from taxes, but making that a very interactive thing. So if you buy something, let's say a chair or a desk with your credit card, and we obviously have that information, we can automatically tell you, hey, look, through a push notification, did you know that you can deduct this during COVID times from da 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 So making taxes a lot more interactive, value-adding thing rather than you know, um, um, uh, you know, something that you deal with once at the end of the month or at the end of the year, um, that's rather scary. And, you know, at some point, there is interesting enough, there's a lot of tax advisors that come up to us and say, you know, how could we operate together? Would you guys, you know, be open to offer 
your infrastructure and you know tax engine open that up for us as well because at the end of the day bookkeeping bookkeeping and accounting is not an activity that tax advisors earn a lot of money on today like they it's kind of something they have to do but but they're after the advisory piece that's where the high margin is the rest is just something you have to do so maybe there's something about you know working closer with tax advisors we don't see them as our enemies or necessarily as direct competitors only we totally could see them as partners as well because is your business model much different from a tax advisor no it's basically the same thing and you make in the same way money as well we would well we would say look you can we'll do your if a tax advisor comes to us we'll say we could do your monthly accounting for all of your freelance customers for a fixed fee um, and there you go. You don't have to deal with that at all. You're going to get the output, you know, in whatever form that is, PDF or CSV, um, and then you can do whatever you need to do with that. But it sounds like as well that you're considering a white label solution then with those tax advisors, where you're Correct. saying we offer the infrastructure, exactly. and then you do you do the rest. Exactly. That's super interesting because that's exactly. just basically a second business line that gives you just access to so much more. Exactly. So this would be a way to say, look. We don't necessarily have to have all of the direct customer relationships because there's something about, you know, some people want to have their local tax advisor that they can walk into the office with and, you know, whatever they have longer relationships with. And we want to, you know, that way we'd be able to target these customers as well through their tax advisor. Um, yeah. And them working with us. Yeah. And you talk about real time tax advisory. Is there, you see, you say in the US, some companies are doing that already. Is there a reason why that is not happening in Germany? And what I'm trying to say is, are you dependent on, certain data being given to you or is there indeed certain regulation in place that make it difficult to do this real-time tax advisor is it more technology thing i think it's a bit of a tax thing and i i look i spoke to a very interesting guy the ceo for keeper tax uh, the other day and they do that i mean they do nothing but that so they will basically you know connect to your to their customer's bank account and give them real-time basically you know hints to where they can you know uh, have tax write-offs and tax basically tips you know, they charge 10 bucks um, a month for that. And in the US with 38 million freelancers, that's a business in itself. So, you know, it, I think the scale of the market allows for much more, if you like, niche ideas, niche areas to add value to be actually a viable business. Whereas I think in Europe with, you know, the variety of tax legislations that we have, it might just take a little bit longer. But it yeah, is to answer your question, it really is, it's really more of a, I think of a market of a size of the pie kind of thing rather than the data quality. I, from what I understand, I think they were, they were working with Plaid. Like I, I think the data quality isn't, is, is, is quite comparable. Are you looking for a new role in a fast growing tech company in a high paced, high impact market? One of our clients, a leading payments processor in Europe, is looking for a data migration specialist. Handling more than 700,000 merchant outlets, 260,000 enterprises, and 250 banks across Europe, we are looking for someone with experience with large migrations. Experience with Wayfor is a huge plus. If this sounds like you, get in touch with PCM recruitment consultant Jacqueline. Email Jacqueline, J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E, at teampcn.com. Yeah, I guess did you talk about that data quality before and about PSD2? Uh, I guess that especially in a fragmented banking market such as Germany, where there are, what is it, 80 banks? I think it's very difficult, obviously, to uh, get that data consistent. Hopefully, PSD2 will help with that, but there's a long way to go. Definitely, 100% agree. Yeah. Um, cool. So um, 
you talk about the size of pie. Speaking of that, do you now in Germany, do you want to increase that pie and go into the rest of Europe as well? Or what are the ambitions? You know, people keep on asking me that. And, you know, yes, you want to draw the big story for investors. I mean, I said the other day to someone, if we in Germany get 2%, if we get 2% of the market that we're after in Germany, 2% market share, we're going to have 50 million ARR. That's going to make us a single a double unicorn. You know, you have 5%. I mean, we can build a 5 to 10 billion euro business only operating in Germany, if you ask me. Yeah. So will we at some point? Maybe. Um, but do we have to? I like to think of internationalization as, is, is, it, is it easier and more economical to win the next customer in that new market rather than it is in your home market? We're not going to internationalize just to put a flag somewhere because you know taxes are difficult. And if you look, for example, at tax fix, they're internationalizing, I think, a lot. And, you know, you run parallel organizations almost because the tax systems are just not the same. And you need, you know, um, um, local online marketing, you need local tax specialists, the language issues. It's just a lot of added overheads. Um, so, no, for the time being, we're quite happy where we are. Makes sense. But you did get a Series B, obviously, last March, 25 million. What's the Correct. plan with that? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so that's right after I started. We closed that round. Um, that's going to take us also quite a while because we're a fairly cash efficient business. But we're actually about to go out again, um, and we're we're going to see what the appetite is appetite is out there. And it looks it looks pretty good, um, to be honest. It's just a very interesting space. Both the tax and the freelance space seem to be quite unvoked these days, which is which is which is. I mean, I totally understand why. So we're um, about to go out and sort of raise or you know whatever you call it, B or C or B1 or B2 round. Anyway, it's going to be a big round. More money. Basically. More money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More money. And what is that going to be used for them? You say we're a, tax, we're a cash, sorry, a money efficient or financial efficient business. Yeah. What do you need more money for? So, you know, everything I've said so far sounded probably really great and cool and easy. It It isn't. What isn't easy is to really become a, you know, four times more efficient tax advisor than a normal tax advisor. Mm. We need to invest into our backend product. We need to make sure that the auto categorization of the transactions becomes really auto and that we can basically don't have to touch it. We need to make sure that the processes and, you know, fetching receipts or reminding customers for receipts, all of these processes, you know, inefficiencies that are currently the process we need to automate over time. And that's all going to be solved through tax. So to answer your question, a lot of money is going to go into def, um, um, into engineering um, and into product resources to really build that tax operations engine that we need in order to really, um, you know, operate at that scale and at that efficiency. Some of it is going to go into marketing, but you know, we're not. Um, thank God, this is not ecom. Like you don't, you don't spend like millions, 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 and sort of throw money at it um, just, you know. Um, uh, just to win customers. The good thing about the unit economics and in the in the tax base is we can afford quite a high customer acquisition cost. That's actually quite nice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, interesting. Cool. All right. Okay. Perfect. Well, if people want to kind of keep track of your progress, keep track of your journey, where should they go? That's a good question. Uh, um, uh, they can, I don't know, they can either approach me directly or they can, you know, reach out to uh, and any of our social channels wherever they'll find something. There's tons of contact us on our homepage somewhere. I don't know. I'm not the PR guy. <laughs> Contest.de. Contest.de. Sorry, I should have said that. Yes, that's an easy one. I, even I should know that. 
it's contest.de and contest.com, both of them. So let's get that straight. Exactly. Yeah, because it's not only for German-speaking freelancers, right? It's also Correct. Exactly. It is. Exactly. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. right. Maybe even more relevant for those that come to Germany and want to be freelancing, have no idea about taxes. You're absolutely right. Unless you're from the US, because for some reason, someone's decided that American customers are really bad to have and no German bank really accepts them anymore. So I really feel for those Americans in Germany, they literally can't get a bank account. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. So that's yeah, yeah, it's because it's, you know, it's for tax reasons and KYC. Like everyone's scared to take those guys because the US authorities come after you can basically shut down your business. Ah, I see. All right. Yeah. Okay. So it comes from a place of fear. Basically. Exactly. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Great, Ben. All right. Well, great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here and uh, well, yeah, sharing your views on the tax tech markets. Um, learn a bit more about contest. It's been a pleasure to have you. Well, it's been, a, it's been great to be here. That's it from us. And look forward to next week's episode because we will be featuring more leaders in the fintech world. Thanks for checking in with fintech. If you haven't subscribed or liked our podcast, you can do so through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean at InCheck with Fintech. Tune in next week for more. Thanks for listening. We'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free Your Girl, who are dedicated to fighting child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Eveline, CEO and founder of Free Your Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away, together with their youth, family, and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us. Unlock their freedom and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freegirl.com for more information. Thank you.